Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's get into the classics. Today, the title of today's message is Unusual Faith. Really, I should say a woman of unusual faith. Um, you hear this story in churches, but it frustrated me because I was trying to get into some old, I have some old Bible story books. Some I've picked up at thrift stores. Um, one I have, it's like the Bible in novel form. They didn't even spend any time on Rahab's story, and I didn't like that. So I'm going to read to you chapter 2 of Joshua. It's going to take a moment, but don't worry. I mean, you were planning on being here today, right? Sunday morning church. You're not going anywhere else. And don't worry, you know I respect and honor time, so I'll have you out in a timely fashion. But I felt like the best way to get this story in your hearts was just read you the story straight out of the Bible. So we're going to start in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. And if you would please, let's pray before we get into this. This is an important message for somebody today. I think it's an important message for everybody today. A woman of unusual faith. Some men may say, well, it's about a woman. Yeah, but a lot of the Bible is about men. So let's honor women today. Let's honor God. And you see someone's uncommon faith in this story. It's very, very unique and unusual. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the book of Joshua. I thank you for your word in its entirety. I thank you for men and women of faith. We know that women are the predominant players in churches nowadays, God. And I thank you for that. But I thank you, God, just for men and for women, children, Boys and girls, teenagers, God, your word always works. Your word is for everyone. And I thank you, Lord, for men and women of faith, women and men of faith. Today, let your word fall on good ground, God. Speak to us through your word, from your word, and by your word. And I thank you that faith drop into the hearts of those who hear today. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Lord, we know it's impossible to please you without faith. So help us as we listen, receive, practice, and do. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen. amen. Without further ado, ado, Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially where? Especially around Jericho, okay? So God had spoken to the Israelites and said, you need to go to Jericho and wipe it out. It stands between you and the promised land, all right? Stands between you and the promised land. And you'll see, Scripture explains Scripture. Later in the Scriptures, talks about how those in Jericho didn't want to obey God. What does that mean? That means everybody gets a chance, huh? People are always saying all the time, you can't judge me, man. Nobody. Well, God can judge you. And be careful about saying that only God can judge me. Well, you might be, you might be uh, storing up, right? So he says, go, spy out the land around Jericho. So the two men set out. They were spies. Someone say spies. They set out, and we're going to stop on this verse for a minute because some of you are going to go, why did they stop there? They set out, and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Number one, interesting choice. The word Rahab in ancient Hebrew means sea monster. So you know how people go to church and then they didn't go and then they don't really know the Bible and they name their kids something dumb? 
No, you've seen it. I've seen it. If any of you have named a daughter Jezebel, you go ahead and repent and change your name. Go to the county. Go whatever you got to do. You don't want to name a woman Jezebel. Okay? Just like you don't want to name your boys Lucifer. We saw a little boy at Big Cheese Pizza years ago. Jonathan and I were stunned. We were still in grade school. A girl was calling her son and said, come here, Lucifer. Lucifer is Satan's original name. The name itself is like the bearer of light or son of the morning or something. That's great, but not no mo. Don't call him Lucifer. Don't name your kids Lucifer. Um, you don't want you don't, you don't to name your kids crazy stuff. So Rahab means sea monster. So they stopped at the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Now, here's the interesting thing. Some of you are like, were these dudes in sin, man? They were at the prostitute's house. You know, honestly, my theory is this. That was a brilliant idea. You know why? There's a lot of traffic at the prostitute's house. Strange men in and out in the city, around the city. That was a genius idea to go to the prostitute's house. Folks would say, well, there's guys in and out of there all the time. All right? So... That, that's actually genius. But look at God's hand on the life of Rahab, all right? But someone told the king of Jericho. Back then, they didn't have mayors. They had kings and city-states. This little city was a country in and of itself, and it was called Jericho. And someone told the king, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. They had their own spies, didn't they? They figured it out. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, and look at how clever this woman was. Her, her intellect was up there, and she was quick on her feet. All right, She had hidden the two men, but she replied, Oh yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. Don't believe that for a second. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. They left, man. They, you know, I don't know where they went. If you hurry, though, look how she added that in there. This lady, she was quick. She was cunning. She was fast on her. She was light on her toes. She says, I don't know where they went. If you hurry, though, you can probably catch up with them. See, do you see how she misdirected? They're at your house. Said They're not here, but if you'll hustle, you may be able. And by then, see, human nature is distracted by that. Oh, they're not at her house. She has to be telling me the truth. And if we hurry, we can catch up with them. So she sent... Basically, she, she went on a misdirection campaign, like CNN. Oh, man, that slipped out. Actually, Scripture says actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. Do you know the significance of flax? I, I don't either. I think it's good for your cholesterol levels, though. So, so the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. She'd misdirected them, sent them out there. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of what? The gate of Jericho was shut. That was a genius plan by Rahab because she sent out the ones looking for them knowing that the gates were about to be closed. They couldn't return right away, and it helped her with the rest of the plan. Very smart. This, this lady was, was quick. So before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab was sure to speak with him, right? She went up on the roof to talk with him. Look at this. I know the Lord has given you this. That is the way she began her, her discussion with the spies. That is a statement of faith. She said, I know the Lord has given you this land. I know. Somebody say, I know. I know. 
uh-huh. She didn't doubt it. It wasn't up for question or debate. She's thinking about it. I think God may have, you know, I don't know if God, no. She said, I know the Lord has given you this land. We're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. See, they heard the stories of Egypt already. And they heard the stories of, you're about to find out. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings. Don't name your boys Og, because it sounds dumb. The two kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God, another statement of faith. Are you all with me? Someone say another statement. Mm -hmm. She said, I know the Lord has given you the land. Now look at what she says here. For the Lord, your God, is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. How does she know? She was living amongst a bunch of crazy pagan people, sacrificing kids and doing crazy stuff. And she said, your God is the supreme God. I've heard enough to know God has given you all the land and your God is real. Another statement of faith. Incredible woman of faith. Now she says, okay, because I know God is real, now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. Hesitate there, please. Let's stop there just for a moment. Go back to that verse just so I don't have you reading ahead. Me and Valeria and Jen have been to see Jericho. And they've dated it. They've unearthed some of the walls. And there is a city now that grew back up around it, okay, against God's instructions. A city grew back up. They even claim to be the oldest city in the world. But um, I think, Monica went to, you rode a camel in Jericho. Rode a camel, so did Jen. They rode a camel. I'll be honest, I wasn't interested in that stinky breath camel. <laughs> but he was cool for pictures too. Oh, and Jess, did you ride the camel too? No, but Jess was there with us and so was Mona. We were all in Jericho. Did I leave anybody else out? You like how I did it? Just kept going, just kept going, getting everybody in there. We were all in Jericho in 2017, October of 2017. And just up the hill from where they rode the camel was the original site of Jericho, and it's unrecognizable. You really, they unearth some stuff. You can see some stuff like, okay, there was a civilization here. But Rahab was wise. She could see what was coming. Why? Because she believed the word of the Lord. She said, God is going to wipe this place out because people are unrepentant. They don't want God. But me and my household, we want God. And she was a prostitute at that time, so she didn't, even, she didn't even have a husband. But she had family. She had family. And she said, when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live, along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. Promise me, she said, swear to me by the Lord God, your God, that I believe in. That I, from pagan to believer, just like that. She believed. Powerful. Let's go to the next verse. Say, man, how do I serve God? Believe. Now, what do I do? What do I need to change? Believe. Because if you believe God, then you're going to start to obey him. Sometimes it takes a while, but if you believe him, you will start to obey him. Are you with me? We offer our own lives. I love how the spies answered this. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety, the men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord what? When the Lord, not if, 
when the Lord gives us the land. So faith answered faith. They, she spoke to them in a language that they knew. These guys were spies. They were courageous. They were gutsy. But she had guts too. So she said, swear to the Lord your God. Swear by him that you're going to take care of me and my family when God gives you the land. And they said, oh yeah, when God gives us the land, we'll remember you. We're, we're, all right. Then since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. She was wise to want to serve God because Scripture says that God caused the walls to collapse down and outward. They fell flat. Okay? Escape to the hill country, she told them. This lady, this lady's clever. Hide there for three days from the men searching for you. Then when they have returned, you can go on your way, right? Very good. Before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. You guys see, faith has instructions, doesn't it? So I just believe God now. And well, now there's instructions. There's a, there's a user's manual with your faith. Some people are just believers, but they don't do anything about it. Remember, faith without works is what? It's dead. Man, y'all have been listening. Said, when we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. See, her house was attached to the city walls, and once they came out of her window with bed sheets or whatever, I don't know how they got down there, they got out, must have been the same scarlet rope, we assume, they got out of that, that little house on the, on the wall and climbed out, and they said, so when we come into this land, you got to leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, watch this, this is prophetic for you and your life this year. Someone say, all my family members. Uh-huh. And all your family members, father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. Interesting. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on people inside this house, we will accept the responsibility for their what? Their death. These guys were men of honor. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. I like one of the translations, and I, I read several this past week, past couple of weeks, of Joshua 2. And one of the translations says that the spies told her, our life for yours. That's powerful. That's faith right there, too. Our life for yours. She says, I accept your terms. Because <laughs> that was her plan all along anyway, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. We're going to just finish up this chapter, so we're going to get to verse 24 and be done. All right? The spies went up into the hill country and stayed there three days, just like she told them. She advised them to do that, and they did it. The men who were chasing them searched everywhere along the road, but they finally returned without success. Look at verse 23. Then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. The Lord has given us the whole land. You go back to your leader and you say, it was just like you said, God's still working today. God is with us. I love all the faith in this chapter. Do you all see it? Faith statements after faith statements. They came back and these guys are still talking faith. This was 40 years after Israel decided we ain't going to the promised land because God's not big enough. The only ones that wanted to go in the promised land at that point of the spies that were sent out were who? Joshua and Caleb. At this point, Caleb and Joshua are older men. Joshua is now the leader of Israel. 
But can you imagine what music it was to Joshua's ears 40 years later when the spies he sent out came back and said, the Lord has given us a whole land. All of it. What does whole mean? All of it. I don't know about y'all, but I love peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Once in a while, Jen goes, well, we can half the sandwich. And I'm thinking, that's just going to make me mad. You get your half, now I want a whole sandwich, so now I've got to have a half, and I've got to have another whole peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So now I'm messed up, because I've got to have a peanut butter sandwich and a half. Why? Because I want the whole sandwich when it's time. Now, I don't mind doing that for my wife. I, I'm good at making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I think there's five things I can make. <laughs> don't laugh too hard, baby. There's a few things I can make. That's one of them, and I make a mean one. Mean. You would like it. Unless you don't like peanut butter, and then you just need to take that up with the Lord. Really. This dad, some people like peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. You ever heard of that, Dad? About made you throw up, Dad, huh? Back to this. The Lord has given us the whole land. Somebody say the whole land. They said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. <laughs> That's powerful. That's how the chapter ends. God promised it. It's going to be on now. And we were helped by a very unlikely source, a prostitute. I'm going to give you some points today about how what you've done in the past, the only reason it matters is because it is a testimony of God's faithfulness. Not that your past doesn't matter. But sometimes we get stuck in our past. Here's what y'all don't know before I go through these points. The book of Matthew says Rahab was the mother of guess who? Don't shout it out. if Because if you already know, don't cheat. Rahab was the mother, it says in the book of Matthew, of Boaz. Interesting. Now, there's a few options with that. Boaz was an awesome man. That's why you hear Christian women today going, I'm going to get my Boaz. <laughs> Do you like that move? That's my only dance move. Oh, I'm going to get my Boaz. He's coming to me. That's not my Boaz. Okay, no, okay. Anyway. Yeah, I know y'all, the real Christianese speaking people in here are wanting me to do the the. the play on words with Boaz's name, but I'm not. I will refuse. So, historically, we don't know if Rahab was actually Boaz's mom directly, but we know she was in his lineage, so there's three options to that. Scripture says so-and-so was the father of. It can also mean the grandfather of or the ancestor of, okay? So if it says someone was their mom, in lineage, in genealogy, in scripture, it could be their mom, their grandmother, or their ancestor. But I find it fascinating in the story of Ruth, Boaz loved her even though she was a stranger. Why? Because his ancestor, or his mom, or his grandmama, they had taught their kids and said, hey, she was a foreigner and she was a prostitute. And she married into Israel. She married a guy, speaking of names today, don't name your kid this either. She married a guy named Salmon. S-A-L-M-O-N, right? Or trout or carp, uh, just fish names. That's strange. But it wasn't a fish name back then. I guess his name was Salmon, which sounds better. Salmon, right? That's who Rahab married. 
But Boaz was their descendant or their son or their grandson somehow. And Boaz, it's interesting, Boaz was an older man when he met Ruth, but he had a special gift and grace to love her even though she was a foreigner and she was not an Israelite. That ran in the family tree. Isn't that interesting? And here's what you need to know. Rahab the prostitute who lived in Jericho and Ruth the Moabitess that Boaz married later on, they are both now officially and unchangeably so in the lineage of Jesus, your Savior. A prostitute and a widow from another land, and it didn't matter because they changed lifestyles. They became integrated. We don't know what happened to all of uh, Rahab's family, but they're, they're somewhere in Israeli blood now. I believe you'll see all those folks in heaven. For sure you're going to see Rahab in heaven. She was one of the great, 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 great grandmothers, earthly grandmothers of Jesus, your Savior, on his human side. All right? So the Lord has given us the whole land for all the people in the land are terrified of us. Some things I learned from Rahab, the former prostitute. Praise God. God is faithful. The former, someone say the former prostitute. Well, I'm a former sinner, so what's the difference? Let's give the Lord a clap offering right now. I... I wasn't going to let y'all miss that good opportunity to give the Lord a clap offering. So number one, here's what you got to do like Rahab. This ties into the other messages I've been speaking about for months. Believe. Believe. Scripture says, let it be unto you according to your faith, unto your, according to your belief. When you believe on something, you act on it. Right? I believed Jen was special, so I put a ring on it. I believe y'all are amazing, so I walk in love with y'all. I believe some people are less than amazing, and I work it out with fear and trembling, but I walk in love with them too because I believe. Right? Believe. Now, this is one of the few areas me and Dad don't agree, just because I didn't go to the Vietnam War. So for Dad, things are going to, he thinks everything's easy. Like he had people shooting at him in Vietnam, in Vietnam and shooting missiles and throwing grenades. Or, I mean, so this is just different. Me personally, I don't think everything's easy, but I think God made it simple. Because if it was easy for you to believe, you'd all just believe right now. You'd believe everything all the time. All of us would, right? But I know this, we believe enough right now, don't we? Our faith is growing, we believe enough. So Rahab, she had never even seen the Israelites yet. Or maybe she'd seen a few here and there. She, we know she'd seen the two spies. She'd heard, Scripture says, it talks about it a lot in the New Testament, when the Apostle Paul would go somewhere or when another minister would go somewhere and it'd say, they, the word was spoken to them and they, here's the word again, they believed. God just wants people that'll believe Him. That's it. It's almost too simple, isn't it? It's so simple that people trip over it and fall and miss it. Why? Because Jesus is a stumbling stone. I love this about Scripture. It says that blessed be those who fall upon the stum stumbling stone. If you fall upon him, you fall down on your knees and say, Jesus, you are the only way. You fall on him, you will be broken. Say, broken? That's tough. Yeah, he breaks some mess out of you. But if you wait for him to fall on you, Scripture says it will crush you to powder. You don't wait for his judgment to come. You fall on his mercy now so you can be broken. And one of the keys in being broken is you got to believe. you got to believe. 
God's been talking to me about pride for months in my own life. Pride. Areas where I'm self-sufficient naturally, areas where I don't want to hear it, areas where I want to argue about stuff. Pride in my own personal life for months now. And it's becoming a revelation to me. And this verse over and over comes to me that I need to fall on that stone, the cornerstone that the builders rejected, Jesus. And when I fall on him in belief, even though it breaks me, man, I'm going to tell you right now, coming to God and really, really serving God, it'll break you. Years ago, a man of God prophesied to me right in this room. It was a lot more purple in here at the time. It was in the 90s. Adrian remembers. Y'all don't laugh. No, go ahead and laugh. Get it out of your system. It was a lot more purple in here. A man of God pointed at me, and I'll never forget this moment. Everything that guy ever said came to pass. He was a prophet of God, and he had struggles in his own life. But everything he said was from God. He pointed at me right over there where Matthew is sitting. And he said, young man, before you get to the place where God is taking you, you will die a thousand deaths. Well, hallelujah. I'm like, am I in the right service? I came for an encouraging word. The encouraging part of that was before you get to the place where God is taking you. And did you know he gave me prophecies about me and dad, me and my wife? Every single one of them has been exactly accurate. That was over 20 years ago. Amazing. That's how you know if someone hears from God. Not if someone goes, I'm a prophet, Here, they give you a word, it doesn't happen like that, and later on they're going, well, what I meant was, no. There's been a lot of that going on lately. Well, what God meant was, what? No, I'll never forget that. He said, before you get to where God is taking you, you will die a thousand deaths, and he pointed at me. What does that mean? It means you have to be broken. You have to allow God to break you. Things you got to let go of. And, and not hide and try to run from. And that's the area, area of my weakness. I'm going to hide it from everybody. No, that pride will destroy you. Did you know pride fights against faith? There were areas in the last few months where I would talk to God and God would just gently and kindly. Here's the word God would give me. I've already talked to you about that. You did? Yep, you did. Believe. And in believing, you'll continue to humble yourself. It's simple, but it's not always easy unless you've been to the Vietnam War. All right? Or in the military. It's simple, though. Believe. That's what Rahab did. She just believed. She said, no, the, your God is the supreme God of the heavens. That was her first faith, faith statement. And then she said, um, when God gives you the land, remember me. So believe. Number two, look for opportunity. You don't find opportunity watching the Super Bowl. Now, don't, hey, time out. I encourage you to watch the Super Bowl if you want to today. I do. I encourage you. But that's just my example because that's the big thing going on today. May Brady lose. But look for opportunity, Mr. Subliminal. Look for opportunity. May Brady lose. And when you're looking for opportunity, here's what you do. You ask, look how simple this is. Ask God to reveal opportunities so you don't miss them when they appear. Have you ever missed the big one? Y'all have, right? Especially at a certain age, you go, man, we should have done that. 
I should have bought that house. It was 50000 Now it's 550000 Oh, help me, Jesus. In the 90s, you know my first house that I ever bought? In 1997, I was 21. Go ahead and do the math. It's fine. I'll tell you my age after church if you want. 1997, I just turned 21. I bought my first house for $10,000. People heard about it, and they said, people up north, northern New Mexico, Albuquerque, uh, Santa Fe, they said, does it have a roof? <laughs> no, they really. My godparents and their family, they said, Matt, congratulations. Does it have a roof? Yeah. It, it's a real house. Humans lived in it. I got rent. You know how much rent they paid me at the time? It was my house payment because a guy financed it for me person to person. Their rent was my house payment. It was $250 a month. Two bedrooms, one bath, one yard, one roof. Ask God to give you opportunities. Here's the, here's the truth of the matter. He's going to give you opportunities as you sow and give, you know, first fruits, tithe, offering, reaching out to people, blessing people, loving people. You as a believer will always have opportunities. Ask God to reveal opportunities to you so you don't miss them. Opportunities that take you to the next level, like Rahab. She believed, and because she believed, she was looking for an opportunity, wasn't she? You already know that just through simple logic of reading the story. She was waiting for her moment. One man of God said, it may not be your time, but it's your moment. She, all she needed was a moment. And she said, hey, I helped y'all. And I'll t I, can, I can just hear this woman hustling too, like selling, going, I'll take care of the details. Y'all just preserve my life. Tell me how to do this. I'll take care of the details. I know how to handle these cats. Uh-huh. That lady, man, she put all her skills into operation, sent people out, into the, out of the gates of the city and just everything. It was just right. She looked for opportunity. My mom always said this, God's taking you to the next level. You don't get to the next level unless you pass the test at this level. Unless you pass the test at this level. Look for opportunity. Number three. These are things I learned from Rahab today. A woman of unusual faith. Number three, choose well. Choose well. You're going to have opportunities. You know what my dad taught me growing up? And the reason I started buying houses back in the day and investing was because dad did it. God blessed him a few times. He bought some houses, you know, in the oil bust in the 80s. Dad picked up one house one time for $5,000. Can you imagine that? You thought 10 was cheap. And that one had a better roof. But $5,000, wow. Here's what my dad taught me. He said, you'll always run out of money before you run out of good deals. Don't ever, don't ever let anyone lie to you. This is your last chance. It's it. That's, that's hustle. You can't hustle the hustler. Mm -mm. I'm like, I heard that one. I know about that one. I tried that one. That fails, but that's a good try. I've heard it all, man, when it comes people going, no, this is your last opportunity. Buy it now. I like what Pastor Larry Stockstill said. He said, I have faith in the American free market system to make one more. There will always be one more. You may miss opportunities, but there will always be another good deal. So choose well. This was Rahab's ticket to freedom, and she knew it. She recognized her, I said this earlier, remember? moment she recognized it say this is my time this is my time 
May Brady fail. Let's go to point four. It keeps coming out. Because it's his moment again. Golly, you know. Number four, take action. Take action. Say, man, I believe. I'm looking for opportunity. Man, I've chosen well now. I, I think I, how do you choose well? Let me just add that to this point. How do you choose well? That was point three. Ask God for wisdom. Talk to people around you. Don't be a lone ranger. hi Silver, away, all by yourself. Don't do it. Why? Lone rangers mess up because they don't have a support system. You get into all kinds of crazy stuff if you don't ask for advice and wisdom. Man, I'm always talking to dad for advice and wisdom. I confer with my wife. I've talked to the uh, pastors Barker before. But I talk to those that have been placed in leadership in my life. And you can come to me and ask me stuff. I'm always going to be honest with you. There's times I'll give you the answer of, man, I have no idea, but I'll be praying with you. I don't know. I don't know all the facts on that. I don't know. You've got to choose well with God's help. That's point three. And number four, once again, is take action. At some point, just get it going. Let's do it. Move on it already and be decisive. (laughs) And I told Dad, I said, Dad, I'm going to... I'm going to ask Jennifer, Jennifer to marry me. It was January of 2006. Dad goes, how many confirmations do you need? Go ahead and ask her already. Jen mattered. Jen mattered. All right? I'm naturally a little impulsive, so this, this was a good sign for me. Praise God. It was a good sign, baby. Take action. Don't, you know, well, you know, we might. Yeah, God's going to take care of it. No, God has empowered you to do it now with his help. Take action. And number five, take courage. Almost done. Take courage. Rahab was gutsy, man. Her whole plan could have backfired and gotten her killed or banished or put in prison or something. But God rescued her and her whole family. Keep reading after Joshua chapter 2. She gets rescued. And now she's been, she's been placed in the lineage of Jesus after that. And her son or her grandson or her ancestor, I'm thinking that he was probably her grandson. That pick, pick, fits the time frame a little better. But her grandson Boaz married Ruth. And Boaz had money, huh? Rahab's family was blessed. Amazing. So take courage. This woman changed history by becoming a part of it with her faith. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, need, I don't need to be famous on Instagram. I don't need to be on a reality show. In fact, I don't want to be on a reality show. I don't need cameras to be flashing when I'm out and stuff. I don't want to be famous. I want to get to heaven, and I want God to go, you know what? There's Hebrews chapter 11. In fact, let's go to Hebrews 11:31. Look at this. There's two women mentioned in this chapter, and one of them was a former prostitute. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. Remember, I alluded to that earlier. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Because she believed, she took action, huh? And she took courage. Man, she's in God's hall of faith. She got mentioned in the chapter of champions. Not everybody in Scripture was mentioned in that chapter. There were other great champions, but she made the cut. Can you imagine? I want to stand before God one day and Him to go, well, the Bible's already been written, but you and the people at Kingsgate and the people at Centro Victoria, y'all are in my hall of faith now forever. 
you believed. There were people around you that didn't believe, but you believed. And you believed by taking courage and doing it. So let's go over these points again. Number one, somebody say believe. Number two, someone say look. That's right, look for opportunity. Number three, choose well. Number four, take action. Number five, take courage. And if you can't remember all these or you didn't take notes or you're not going to listen to this message ever again, just believe and stay connected. Because you believe and you stay connected, you're going to make good, right decisions. All right? I'm always conferring with staff about something. Always. I'm always conferring with dad or my wife or staff about something, how we got to do stuff here better. What do we need to improve? Why? Scripture says, in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. So part of you believing is staying connected, whether in person or online. And I encourage those who are watching us today online, join us in person soon. There's nothing. It's great that you're connecting online. God bless you, and you're always welcome. And we love you, and we're praying for you. But there's nothing like connecting with someone one-on-one, eye-to-eye. All right? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. I'm going to flip the script a little bit today. We're going to do it a little different. Is there anyone in this house, y'all check me out, y'all look at me right now, is there anyone in this house who said, you know what, God spoke to me through the story of Rahab today? Raise your hand in the classics. You say, man, I needed something in there, something. You know what that is? That's God's spirit because he customizes a word for everyone. I don't know how he does that. Good. So we're going to pray for you in a minute, but this is very important. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice, every head bowed, every eye closed, that would say, Pastor Matt, I need to just get right with God. I've never, ever accepted Jesus as my Lord. Now, if you've accepted him already, you don't have to raise your hand. You're going to pray the prayer with us today. But this prayer is for those who have never accepted Jesus and for those who want to get right with God. Is there anyone who has never, ever made a public confession of Jesus? You've never accepted Jesus by faith. Would you raise your hand today? And I want to pray with you. All right. So everybody has made a profession of faith. Here's what I want you to do now. Everybody in the house, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. That's right, strong. Let's do it again. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Jesus is already my Savior. He's already my Lord. But please forgive me. Speak to me through your word. Draw me to your word. I want to spend time with you, Lord so we can be close. I want to hear your voice today and this next week. I am yours. Say this, say, I am a child of God, and as such, I have rights and privileges because I am an heir in Christ Jesus. I am right with God. The blessings of God are for me if I obey him and his word. Someone say this, say, I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we take up our offering, I want to encourage you, keep reading the word. Keep reading the word. If you don't have a Bible plan, you're not reading right now, or you have a hard time reading, or it's just, look, some people, I've talked to men and women of God who say, man, and this is rare, But I've talked to men and women of God who serve God for years, and they say, I struggle to read, so I listen to the Word. But some people are audio learners better than they are the written Word. 
They comprehend it very, very much better over orally, I should say. They're oral learners. Many of the people on the planet learn orally. So here's the deal. Get into the Word. Sunday morning is great. Wednesday night is great. The live stream is great. Bible study is great. Spiritual warfare class is powerful. Listen, forgiveness class is coming up with Adrian. I believe next weekend is powerful. Listen, that's great. you got to do that. got to take classes. got to get connected. But you got to hear the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. you got to do that on your own time sometimes. All right? Anybody need an envelope for tithe or offering? Go ahead and raise your hand, and we will see to it right now. We're also still receiving first fruits offerings. Some of you gave the Lord your word, said, I'm going to give first fruit offering over the next few weeks or month or whatever. Hey, that's between, between you and God. That's fine. Need an envelope, raise your hand. You can text to give. That's on the screen there for those at home and those in the house. You can also give in person. That's what we're doing today. Let's pray believing as always. Father, we thank you. We trust you. You're already doing amazing miracles in our lives. I testified about it Wednesday, Lord God, me and my wife's lives, Father. We thank you for the first fruits offering. Thank you for tithing and offering, God, all the time. It's what you've called us to do, and that's what we will do because we believe your word. We thank you today. There's already a blessing on this, and we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen.